0: Jeez. Recorded live. <laughs>
1: Those that don't much know much about me uh i have a podcast on uh talk shoe uh minister daryl kendrick or minister big ken uh on a uh, talk shoe as well as a talk uh, a blog cast on blog talk radio you can go to minister big ken 65 and you can follow along with me there. i have over almost 700 messages in the queue on podcasts on blog talk radio so please uh I want you to go by and check out because I just finished a seven-part series, seven days in the word of uh, basically uh, changing your habits, seven habits that will change your life forever. So uh, go and check those out. Um, I did it actually in eight days, but go and check those out. I did a new, a new lesson every day. I just finished up that lesson today. Tomorrow I'm going to be dealing with sexual uh, fornication and adultery, the root of it, what it really boils down to, Why is the church so indoctrinated with it? And why has it become a sin that people don't want to talk about? It's still a sin in God's eyes. And matter of fact, it's it's very serious because God says we sin against our own body when we do it. So we need to understand as a body of believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, we're called to be the ecclesia, the called out ones. And we're most importantly called to be holy because he's holy. And uh, we want to get get into the root of it as believers. We want to hold to the truth. And, and we want to let the truth set us free. You might have some brothers or sisters, some friends who are basically not living out what they say they are, and they're under the delusion that, you know, God is okay with that, that he's okay with sin. He's okay with sexual impurity, sexual immorality in the church. Uh, just because you don't do it in the building, if you claim to be a child of God, you are to represent him as an ambassador of God. We're not doing that, then, friends, we're lying, and the truth is not in us so we want to make sure that we as believers hold one another accountable, yours truly included. All of us need to do what God has called us to do. The church already <clears throat> has a black eye in America. People are laughing at us. The whole world is mocking at Christians because Christians are bowing down and surrendering and throwing in the white flag. And now you got bisexual Christians, homosexual Christians, uh, bestiality Christians, fornicating Christians, adulterating Christians. Lying Christians, a covetous Christians. See, nobody, everybody's got another title except a follower of Jesus Christ. And, friends, that's a lie. If we're living or practicing anything contrary to the word of God, because it don't change. And, see, I know the more that you see people compromising and going over to the left, the more the more people sell out, the more they convince you that it must be okay because everybody's doing it. The devil is winning the game, friends. He's winning the game because we're not fighting for the right to be obedient. We're not fighting for what God has called us to. We need to pick up our, we need to pick up our cross. This is a warfare. You need to put on your armor. And if believers are not are not going to put on their armor, Satan's going to make sure that he finds some way to shoot you and you'll follow him and your hook line and sink. All right, all right. Well, today we're going to be talking about how excellent, how excellent is your name in all the earth. God's name is excellent, friends. And we need to understand that his name is above all names. His name is His name is Jehovah. His name is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nisi. We have many names for God, but guess what? All of these names represent his character. Jehovah Nisi is the Lord, our banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. We need to understand that every one of those names is representation of the character and holiness of God. And we can't just walk away with it. Before we get started, let's go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to just, we're not going to be here long, I'm assured sure of that. But we will be here long enough for us to grab hold to this meat. The meat of the word, amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, thanking you for another day, thanking you for the cross of Christ, thanking you, how excellent is your name, thanking you for giving us the opportunity to know you and the power of your resurrection. We come before you right now as humble servants, Lord, seeking you right now for wisdom and understanding. May this message be in our heart as we sleep tonight, as we meditate let us meditate on your name and how excellent your name is and how excellent you are because you are a good, good father. And we need to know you. We need to know your power in the resurrection that you gave your son Jesus, the resurrection you gave each and every one of us, and you gave us life and life more abundantly. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and grace, forgiveness of sins, and for the Holy Spirit which dwells in us and keeps us from living. As a slave to sin any longer, in Jesus' mighty name, we say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. All right, friends. All right. Again, how excellent is your name? We're going to be coming out of Psalms eight, Psalm eight, three through four. But let's look at this for a minute. As we look at the the, the galaxies and look at how how exp- how far it is away from us, but we look at God's character lined up in the in the galaxies. Even though it is a natural event, it is also a phenomenal glimpse at the power and the glory of God. As the earth's shadow crept slowly across a bright full moon, the psalmist's words come to mind. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Wow. Wow, friends, this is, this is heavy. Cause God is saying, "Hey, when I consider your heaven, what well, David was saying is, David is saying this: When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers." God just said, "Huh," and there going the moon. He just pointed at a star. Wow, there go star. He just points, and that's where he just dots it. He's painting his canvas all over the galaxy. He's painting his 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 Mona Lisa. He's painting all of that. He, Creator. God, nothing limited to when he put it into, he put it up there. Everything is in perfect alignment because he died. He says, when I consider, David says, when I consider your heavens." that means not only is it the blue sky that we see between earth and, 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 and the blue sky and the clouds, that's heaven. Then you got the second heaven, which is the galaxy far beyond this, the earth's atmosphere where you need a backpack to go to, but God didn't need a backpack to go there. He's not limited. He breath, He can breathe, and wherever he goes, he's not limited. Matter of fact, a billion miles away, God is there, and he's also right here in this room right now because a little bit of him is in me. The Holy Spirit is in me, the believer. He says, when I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. God says, I ordained them. I made them and I put them in a in a place of majesty. I put them in a place that I use them for my glory. I want the night, the night light of the moon to give off a, a radiance. I want it to speak to the to the earth. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? He says, as I have marveled at your various heavenly phenomenals, the sun is also marveled at the heavens. But he was more amazed that the great creator, whose glory is above the heavens, included us in his grand salvation plan for the ages. Even with all the, 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 the stars and the moon and the sun and everything, God still looks at us as his greatest of all creation. He looks at humanity. He looks at the human being, Jesus, God, the Son, came from heaven to earth. He didn't go to Mars and Pluto and any of these other places. You got a lot of folks that believe, oh, there's life on other planets. Yeah, Satan. Satan got other people out there. He got people out there deceiving. He got people out there telling lies. You know, folks are running around here looking for aliens, but they don't want to follow the Holy Spirit. They don't want to follow the the God of creation. They seeking all everything but God, and God is trying to reach out to man, and man's heart is hard. Notice what he says here. He says that the great Creator, whose glory is above the heavens, included us in His grand salvation. He don't save animals. Animals aren't going to heaven. I don't see any. I don't see anything about animals going to heaven. No Fifi and fight, oh hey. They're not, they're not, they don't have the same kind of uh, anatomy that the human body has. God made man for, to bring him glory, to, bring him, to glorify himself, to bring him honor. Romans 4.16 tells us, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father father of us all. In other words, there was no difference between Jew and Gentile. When it all came down to it, God wanted to save humanity. Abraham, the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was a covenant before them because Abraham believed by faith. But God's plan in the great scheme of things was to save all of mankind. He was going to use Israel to pour out and push the word of God out. Because remember, the Old Testament was Christ concealed, pointing us to the Savior, the Messiah, who would one day come and take the sins of the world. Unfortunately, Israel thought that they were going to have an earthly king. They did have a king that came down to earth. But Jesus came not to save Rome, not to save Israel during that time. From from Rome, he came to save them from their sinful ways. He came to save humanity. He came to die for sinners who needed a Savior. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This is a this is a great thing. Galatians two twenty six through twenty nine tells us, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you, uh, many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all in one, all in all one in Christ Jesus. You and I are one in Christ Jesus. There's no Jew or Gentile. We're not better or lesser. They're not better or lesser than us. He made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham's children didn't fulfill that covenant, but his covenant is still uh, uh, still standing. He's not. He hasn't thrown Israel out no more than he's thrown the church out. And the church isn't always acting the way it should. But God, he says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I love it. Nobody can boast in, well, I'm a child of Abraham. I'm a Jew. And I can, hey, great. You're a Messianic Jew. You know the Lord. Walk in him. Walk in Jesus. I'm going to walk in Jesus too. We're kindred. We're, we're kindred by the blood of Jesus. We can only boast in what he did on Calvary's cross. Not what your lineage is. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one spirit are you, we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made been all made to drink into one spirit. See, this is why I have a problem with people who try to make themselves super elite by the, well I'm I'm saved. I'm a Jew, so I'm 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 one a black Israelite, I'm this, I'm that. No. By one spirit he says this. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into the body. Now, this is not water baptism that baptizes you in the body. Baptism is baptized into Christ, a personal relationship. The water is a, a, spirit, it's a, it's a physical act that represents a spiritual uh, thing that takes place. But you're saved by faith through grace. You're saved by grace through faith, excuse me, that, and not of yourself. You can't boast in your what you did to get saved. It's because you were saved that you did what you need, needed to do. He called us to be water baptized, but this baptism first must take place. The Spirit baptizes you. You're immersed in Christ, and you're born again at that moment. And it's not based on speaking in tongues. It's based on holiness. It's based on faith. I don't see nowhere in this chapter right here where it says, oh, well, in this, you you know you the evidence of of your salvation is the fruit of speaking in tongues. No, I don't see that. I see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self control. Those are the byproducts of a of a spirit filled life. Colossians three nine to eleven. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor nor uncircumcision. Are you resting on something other than what Christ did on Calvary's cross? Are you trying to make yourself super spiritual because you have a particular gift? Are you trying to make people think that you're somebody because you have uh, you go to a particular church or synagogue or this, that, and the other, and you identify with certain rituals and customs and you think that's going to make you somebody? Friends, let your pride go. We are zeros. We are only something when Christ elevates us. But while we're working out our salvation, let us stay humble and meek. Jesus was humble and meek. We need to stay humble and meek, not boasting ourselves, not try to elevate our own ministry, but let Christ build us up in the ministry, whatever he's calling you to do. He says, to worship any part of God's creation, stop short of giving glory to the one who made it. The Bible lifts our eyes to see that all creation proclaims glory of God, who has showered his grace and love on us through Christ Jesus. Again, friends, Christ is the standard. I just receive what he has given me. I don't have to go and ask for anything else. He's given given me everything I need to live godly. He's given me a desire to preach his word, a desire to proclaim his word, a desire to encourage people in the word, a desire to lead people to the word and to the cross of Christ. <clears throat> I don't boast in me. I'm not the standard. It doesn't matter if uh, I claim to be a Jew or Gentile, whatever it is. I am only what Christ has made me now, a new creation, a new creation, because I am in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, if any man or woman be, a, be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Romans 5, 1 through 9. Romans five, one through nine as we wrap it up. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope, in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation work of patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die, but God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being. Now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Notice this, friends. None of this is talking about having the gift of tongues to prove you're saved. He says from the very first verse, therefore being justified, that means I was declared righteous by God, not by my works, not by anything other than what Christ gave me. He pardoned me. Justification means I'm declared righteous. Then he says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Nothing in there about me. I can't boast about what I, I bring to the table. You know, too many people are putting themselves in the actual benefit, like they gave God something, that they were worthy to be saved. Too many people are acting like their righteousness. They had some righteousness in themselves, and that they can. That when God got them, He added on to the body of Christ. Friends, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We brought nothing to the holiness of God, or to His, or or to be in His workmanship. None of us deserved anything but hell. None of us deserved anything but hell. But Christ was rich in mercy, in mercy. How excellent,
0: how excellent is your name in all the
1: earth. He says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is it? What is that man? What is man that you are mindful for him and the son of man that you visit him? My, my, my. Again, friends, to worship any part of God's creation stops short of giving God, giving glory to the one who made it. God made me. He made you. And because he made us, friends, there's nothing we can boast in. I don't care what you might have put together down here on earth. I don't care what construction business you might have had, what bridge you might have built, a building you might have built friends, without the wisdom from God, without him giving you the information and knowledge, you could not put anything together. God put that thought in your mind. He gave you that wisdom, gave you the ability to learn that which that craft which you learned. You didn't learn it overnight. God didn't have to be taught anything. He was an instant know-it-all. He knew it all because he knows all. But you and I had to learn. He didn't have to learn. He always knew. He always was. He always will be. He's God. Psalm oh Lord, oh, our, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Wow. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, you just stirred up something in me, Lord, that just let me know that you are Everything you are the, the you are the heaven. Your hand stretches out across this whole earth, planet, galaxy. You are in every part of this world. of this this you're in everywhere. And Lord, we need to give you your proper authority, your proper reverence. We need to give you the ah. We need to just Give ourselves away to you because you put every star and you named them. Every galaxy, you know, you're not lost. There's no black holes in the galaxy that you don't know about. There's no place in the universe that you're not aware of. From the smallest of the smallest rock, a dust particle, all the way to the biggest planet on the world, you know it all. You are
0: all-knowing, omnipotent, all-knowing, omnipresent,
1: everywhere. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We ask, Father God, that this would bless somebody, maybe somebody out there, Lord, that does not understand who you are. They don't understand who the risen Savior is, the King of Glory the one who came from heaven, who always was, and he came down here to die for sinners like myself and themselves. He's already died once, and he wants us to die once too. We need to die to ourselves, acknowledge that we're sinners, acknowledge that we need a Savior, acknowledge we need to trust you by faith and no longer walk this life on our own merit we need to walk it, totally surrender to Jesus Christ, the one who died and shed his blood, his precious blood for our sins. You do that, my friend, you will have eternal life. It doesn't stop there. It begins there. Your life will begin at the foot of the cross when you lay your burdens there and say, Lord, I surrender. I give it all to you. Right now, I want you to feel me your spirit, and teach me your ways, how to live a godly life, how to walk with you. Lord, I need you. I need you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Hey, friends, again, if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me at dkendricksr65 at Twitter, dkendricksr at Gmail. Also, follow me on Facebook at Daryl Kendrick. I usually do two live streams from there. Uh, from from here and from uh, there, but uh, they blocked me on live stream. But we'll be back up. But I'm still there. Daryl Kendrick on Facebook. Also, you can follow me on my podcast. I've done just finished a seven part series on seven habits that will change your life. Please go and check out each one of those that we started. I started a week ago, uh, Tuesday. So you can catch up and uh, you can catch all seven of those, which I finished the seventh one today. So please, please, please. Support this ministry, at, uh, Minister Big Ken, sixty-five on Blog Talk Radio. You can just go Minister Big Ken sixty-five in your browsing, your search engine, and it take you to the Prodigal Church our website. Also, you can follow me on on a talk, talks you, uh, with our uh, messages as well uh, as we build our category up for different lessons there than we do on uh, the podcast. So hey, we're just trying to we're just one guy over here in Southern California trying to trying to do what's right, trying to get the word out. So, hey, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you're looking for a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, I want to invite you to come out to Core Church of Los Angeles, located at 2037 South La Cienega Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Uh, You can go to the website, www.corechurchla.org. There's a Thursday night service at 7.30 p.m., three services on Sunday, 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30 as well as a Tuesday night ladies' ministry at 7.30. And there will also be coming up, I believe, the first week of March. We'll be uh, doing, first weekend in March, we'll be doing a men's fellowship, which meets every other weekend, where there will be an opportunity for men, the men of God, to come together and encourage one another, build one another up, as well as share their deepest concerns and their struggles, not to be judged, but to be encouraged and built up in your most holy faith. That's what it's about, friends. It's about us growing. It's about us being honest and transparent, helping our brothers mature. Some people are struggling with porn. Some people are struggling with different things, marital problems, this, that, and the other. We want to, wherever your gift is or your words of encouragement, you can be able to be a part of that and help and build up one another. Because that's what God has called us to do as men to be leaders and to be ones that encourage one another, encourage other men. And if we have if we want to, we got something deep to share, we can share it without condemnation because it's all about helping our fellow brothers but get better, get well you know we want to, we want to build up one another. we want people to get healed we want them to come out we want them to be delivered I've struggled with things, and I know so other people have struggled and that's what it's about us being a part of the great picture god 's body of believers is supposed to be a growing a living breathing growing Organism that you that is used for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. All right, we're gonna get up out of here, friends. I pray that you'll share this message with other people. Again, you can find me on Talkshoe and you can uh go to uh just follow my name on Talkshoe, which is make sure I spelled it right. <laughs> uh let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, Minister Big Ken. Just minister Big Ken, no 65 on that. On Talkshoe. Just go to Talkshoe and type in Minister Big Ken 65. And uh, it'll take you to the page. And uh, also, friends, hey, we just—it's time for us to really encourage one another. It's time for us to really just just get serious. Twenty seventeen. Hey, I've been encouraging you to re, uh, get into the thirty, 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 thirty challenge. Thirty minutes in the Word each day. Thirty minutes in prayer. Thirty minutes in meditation for thirty days. For Thirty-one days, however many days in a month. But every day. God gives you 24 hours a day, we can give him back a couple hours out of the day. You don't have to do it all at once. You can break it up. You can do an hour in the morning, hour in the mid-afternoon, hour in the mid-evening, and an hour before you go to bed, or uh, I should say 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the mid-afternoon. However the Lord puts on your heart, consistency will bring forth a new habit. Amen? Consistency, because we all need to pray. We all need to get into the Word. We all need to Get into meditation. and We need to do it consistently. Amen? All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Continue to follow this ministry. Continue to pray for me. Pray for uh, everything that's going on with me. Uh, also pray, I got this, this Friday, I got a colonoscopy at the VA, so I'm not too happy about that. But, but, God, but God, we're going to continue to lift him up through the whole life, through the whole ordeal. We're going to continue to lift him up. Amen? All right. Y'all be blessed. I get out of here. Minister Daryl Kendrick and you just been encouraged in the word. Have a blessed day.